Riverside Chats is sponsored by listeners like you. Pitch in to keep this podcast going strong, bringing you the unique perspectives, personalities, and topics you love. Click the listener support link in the podcast notes for this episode to learn more. What started as Benson First Friday is now officially known as BFF. Same great people, same great organization, new name. The change will help BFF reach new communities as they continue to grow. BFF is dedicated to supporting the region's emerging and established artists by creating opportunity, exposure, and experiences that help them move forward while enriching the cultural competency of the greater Omaha area. BFF to the arts. BFF to the community. BFF. And welcome back to Riverside Chats. I'm Tom Noblock. Just a quick note, this is not a sponsor break, but I do want to note that the Real Zebos have their album out now. I talked to them a couple months ago. Uh, there is an old episode. You can dig back, hear me talk to the front men of the band, Connor and Jordan. Their album, Strictly Platonic, is now available. If you go to therealzebos.com slash merch, you can find it there. For just $10, you can get their debut album. They are a great band. They sound great. I don't think you, you, you're not listening. You're not listening to me when I say that, all right? Calm down. Calm down. Just listen. For, they sound great, all right? They sound professional. They sound like they've been doing this for 50 years. Uh, they sound like they have it all figured out. And that's rare. Even people who've been doing this for 50 years, a lot of time they don't sound like they have this figured out. But these guys do, and it's their first album. That's really exciting. So go check that out. Support them. Support a great local band. Help them become the big people who should be doing this for 50 years. All right? They've got nowhere to go but down from here. So get the album, Strictly Platonic, today at therealzebos.com. Today's show uh, is philosophical. It's a little bit different than what we've been doing, which has sort of been entertainment-related things. Um, Today I've got Justin Schecht on the show, who was interested in discussing his views on everything, more or less. Ben had set this one up, and I, I didn't know Justin before this, uh, and so I was kind of asking him, like, so, so what, are we, what are we talking about today? What is this? And it's just sort of like travel, life, all these big things. And I was interested in that. And so, you know, my, my general way of approaching something like that is, well, how did, how did you get to this point of thinking about that? And I feel like there might have been a little bit of dissonance. Uh, Justin sort of wanted to go through the manifesto. I was sort of like, but how'd you get here? And we, I think we sort of met somewhere in the middle, but it maybe isn't exactly what either of us had in mind. Um, you know, philosophy is something that I have always been sort of obsessed with it. Uh, when I got my master's degree, it was not in philosophy, but when I wrote my thesis, one of my uh, thesis advisors was, he is a philosophy professor, and he comes up to me, he's like, why don't you just study philosophy instead of this other stuff? Like, why, why do you got to shove philosophy into all these other disciplines instead of just studying it? But the truth is, you know, as for somebody who's like always loved reading philosophy, uh, been a little obsessed with it, been totally pretentious about it throughout my life, I've never taken a philosophy class even, but it is an interesting thing for me to talk about. And people seem to get some sort of sense from talking to me that they can sort of throw this stuff at me. I remember one time a friend of mine was having like a barbecue or something, you know, it was like a, a grill out on his porch. And so I go over there and there's a, a handful of people uh, and somebody comes up to me, this guy who I like I've met a few times. I don't know him that well. And he just, he walks right up to me. He says, all right, so free will, do we have free will or not? And I'm like, what, what? You think we have free will or do we not have free will? What do you think? It's like, a, it's like this aggressive debate I was just thrown into. It's like, you know, one version of a story would be somebody goes to a barbecue. Some other, you know, guy comes up and punches him in the face. Um, this guy sort of like, you know, 
punched me in the face with a difficult philosophical question that I was like, I'm, I'm here to, I'm here to, you know, eat and drink. I'm here to, you know, like, can you hand me a beverage before we get into this, please? Like, oh my goodness, I, I didn't realize I entered the ring here. Um, you know, but I, but like, I'm, I am the kind of person who can, like, I can kind of make my way through that. And so I didn't try to be confrontational here. Uh, Justin luckily did not come in and uh, <laughs> punch me in the face with questions about life and happiness. Um, I, I tried to push him a little bit just to sort of get a better sense of what he's talking about. You know, I mean, he he's somebody who clearly has gone through various transformations and has landed somewhere where he is satisfied with the kind of person he is right now. And that's a difficult thing to achieve, and I appreciate that. And I, you know, haven't necessarily landed the same place he did, but he wants to talk about that. And he wants to help other people going through difficult times have maybe a different way of framing what they deserve, the way they should view, you know. Uh, I, th- I think uh, he's certainly interested in people appreciating themselves and this idea that you deserve to have some sort of joy, some sort of happiness in your life, that you have more control over yourself than you think you do, but you have to exercise that. And so it's an interesting conversation. It's like I said, it's a little bit different. And uh, I hope I didn't know. I tried to crack some jokes, you know, bring some levity into the thing. And I, f- I feel like they kind of all bombed. So if you, <laughs> as you're listening to this, if you notice, there's like six jokes that uh, that land on dead air, or he just sort of like he's in the middle of saying something, and I try to wise, I try to crack wise, and then he just continues with his sentence. Uh, you know, that, I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully that uh, hopefully that didn't distract too much. Just trying to keep things lively. You know, sometimes philosophy when it, when things get really heady, when they get deep, when they get uh, you know personal, intimate, uh, a little joke I think can be helpful. Uh, I must not have Justin's sense of humor, but that's okay. Whatever. Uh, I'm happy that he came on. I'm happy he opened up and that he was able to explain a little bit about where he is in life. He does not currently have uh, an easy way to follow his life because unlike all the unhappy people out there, he doesn't have a Twitter, doesn't really use that much social media. He does have an Instagram, which he talks about. You'll be able to follow him there. But he he's the kind of guy, he's out there. He's a philosopher in Omaha and he's not out for the clicks. He just wants to talk to you and wants to see how you're doing. And talk about that, and talk about what he thinks about that, and give you something maybe you can think about too. So, if you see him, go ahead and talk to him. Maybe don't make my type of jokes. You know, be a little smarter with the jokes you make. Uh, but otherwise, trying to talk to him. And if you don't see him, at least you've got this conversation you can listen to in the meantime. So, this is my conversation with local philosopher Justin Schecht. Enjoy. All right, so Ben, I've asked Ben a couple times what exactly we're here to talk about, and I feel like I don't really get it. So I'm just gonna ask you, what's 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 the deal? What are we what are we here to talk about today? So, really, I guess this is more for me like an intro into just speaking to a larger audience about things I'm passionate about. Um, this can be either traveling, traveling outside the country, um, my perspective on. I guess just a view of how to look at life with a very light heart, um, not taking things so seriously. And okay, so taking not taking things seriously mm-hmm. does that come from some experience of yours? Did you used to take things seriously? I would say so. Um, more that I just feel like a lot of people look at life from a perspective where they are so engaged with what's right in front of them. You know, they're, they're leaning into life and not really letting it flow. Um, I guess this does come from 
maybe past experiences or past troubles. Um, I used to really be, I don't know, I guess more, hmm, i trying to think how to say it, I guess. Well, like, I mean, is there a life, I mean, when you were younger, like, does this come from, like, you started off one way and then something happened and you sort of shifted yeah, your thinking? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people have a lot of pressure on them to be something that society almost makes you feel like you have to live up to these expectations, um, that you have to accomplish things beyond yourself. Um, this also comes from my perspective of, you know, enlightenment. Um, also, enlightenment, people think that they need to kind of go outside of themselves to find something that's going to kind of put them in that place. Um, when really, you're, you're it, you know. You're everything that you could possibly really want. Um, so, I, I, let's, let's take a step, a couple steps back. So, mm -hmm. were you, are you from Omaha? I am from Omaha. Okay. Well, so, when you were a kid, like, were you uh, like a deep thinker sort of kid? Yeah, I feel like... I feel like I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, it's only child? Or do you I have, have two older sisters. Was mm -hmm. it a big gap between them? Yeah. Okay. Quite a bit. So, like, you have some element of what it's like to be an only child, only you yeah. actually do have siblings. Yeah. Okay. And I think when I was younger, not that I was necessarily sheltered, but it was just I spent a lot of time by myself. And so the idea of like having to create, you know, an imagination or um, have to kind of create my own reality around myself was very prevalent. Um, How did that manifest for you? Like, what did it look like? I spent a lot of time really engaged in things that kind of made me think very deeply. Yeah, so movies or maybe creating a scenario when I was playing with toys or mm -hmm. um, maybe playing around the yard. So like, what, what were some of the, like the movies you watched where you, it got you thinking in you know big terms? Hmm. I don't know if I necessarily remember a lot of the movies, but I think it's more the idea of creating something inside my mind that can, you know, sway me in one direction or the other. Um, I'm very into the psyche of the human brain, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and how it can go in one direction, vice versa, the other direction as well, you know whether that's kind of leaning towards more of a light side of things or a darker side of things, you know, that's very interesting to me how far, how far the mind can go in that like, direction. How do we get to that point from your kid, you mm -hmm. know, playing in the yard though? I mean, were you, were you playing, were, were your, uh, you know, the, the toys you're playing with going through existential crises or where does this uh, start to enter in? Hmm. I would say that more that it wasn't necessarily like I was thinking about it in that way at that time. I think it more developed into that as I got older, um, mm -hmm. this kind of, you know, having that deep imagination and going into later in life. Um, like, you know, was that developing by the time you got to high school? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, like, did that come from, were you being exposed to some of the bigger ideas then and bigger questions? Really, I think, okay, so when I was, I think it was, it more kind of came from not really knowing where I like fit into things in life in general, as far as like groups or with people and went through many phases in life. And this all kind of, eventually I went through a period of time where I started, you know, not to bounce back and forth, but when I was in high school then, 
I always kind of felt like I had to live up to things or live up to something and this, you know, made me, made me realize that, you know, I didn't necessarily have to, um, I don't know. Okay. This led to me actually like getting into trouble a lot. And so from that point, it actually, I'm kind of losing my train of thought, I guess. No, no so, okay, so let's, so you, you felt like kind of an outsider, but where are these expectations coming from? Is that like parental expectations? Yeah, you're okay, yes, okay, yeah. definitely. So I think I always felt like I had to live up to like what, my father was very into sports and, you know, very big into athletics, as far as my grandpa as well. Um, this was not necessarily something that made me feel like myself. And so I think at a certain point I, tried to live up to those expectations, but then eventually I let that go. Those expectations of being a good athlete? Mm -hmm. Being a good athlete, you know, just being, and this kind of goes back to, I guess, the whole thing where I felt, where I was saying with, in society, it's kind of like we have these set standards in a way in school or while you're growing up that you do have to live up to certain expectations. You know, you, you'd be very good in school and then eventually you will, you know, go to college and then you, so on and so on. Mm-hmm. You have a family yeah. and, you know, and you, I, is I, that I, overwhelming to you to yes. have all like, so it's like, you don't, I mean, you felt like you weren't somebody who wanted to have everything. Like I'm just going from this step to this step to this step to this step. And mm-hmm. it's something suffocating about that. Yeah. Okay. So like, but were you aware that that's what it was that was causing you anxiety even in like in high school? I, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. And, and so this kind of made me more lash out towards that whole idea of things, which eventually I think just led me to be a little more rebellious towards, anything in general you know and like i said that kind of led me to getting into a lot of trouble what kind of trouble Um, just i mean at first i think it was more like i guess dabbling into different like using different drugs different things like that um did you go to high school in omaha i went actually i grew up in fremont so i was born in omaha and i grew up in fremont um there's not a lot to do there you know, there's absolutely not a lot to do. Isn't it weird how no matter where you go to high school, there's always some kid who has all the drugs. Yeah. You're like, right. how, does, how does this like 15 year old know where to get drugs? Uh-huh. And, you know, I think my idea that like it was just I didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, this has never been a real a real attraction to me to follow the crowd and do it you know like I said everyone kind of expects us to do eventually like I said this led me to getting into a lot of trouble after I got through this this happened for many years and it just kind of kept building on itself and building on itself and it wasn't necessarily like I was rebelling towards anything like to make anyone upset or mad or to try and prove something in that manner it was just that I wanted to do my own thing I think I've always been very passionate about wanting to just do whatever it is that made me just feel good in the moment. Um, I did go through many years of getting in trouble. Finally, I came to a point after the most recent time, and this also led to like things like being on probation many times and then getting in trouble again and then it got extended or getting sent away to somewhere, um, which happened, I mean multiple times, I guess, through high school and kind of going out of high school. I mean, I get that like you want to do your own thing, but it's mm-hmm. hard to actually know what you even want to do. Yeah. Other than it's like, I know this isn't the thing that someone wants me to do, but whatever it is that's actually going to make me happy is kind of this elusive concept. I mean, were, yeah. you, were you aware of what so, you even wanted? 
and and I wasn't for many years. And so I was always kind of feeling lost. And like, like I said, like I didn't really belong anywhere specifically. So I guess and after, after the most recent time of me getting in trouble, um, it was kind of like I was just, I, I said it to these guys that are with me today just the other day that it was kind of like I was over myself with having this happen consistently with the, you know, getting in trouble, using a lot of things. And so I came to a point where I finally successfully finished up what I was doing. Um, like the, the whole experiment of whatever it was? Yeah, okay. I mean, in, in, in my most recent time of being on probation, you know. Mm-hmm. And so after this most recent time of being on probation, then it came, I guess, very prevalent to me that I needed to really withdraw myself from, from everything and kind of go outside of my realm or my my home base, which would have been Fremont at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I actually did move up here to Omaha for some years. And this was kind of a point where I still wasn't quite sure where I was going with things, but it was just seemed to be extremely important that I did remove myself at, the, at that time period. And so I lived here in an apartment for, I would say like two or three years or so. And this kind of ended up becoming a time of like extreme soul searching. Um, I spent a lot of time by myself as well there. I had two of my closest friends I grew up with that actually did live in the same complex, but we all kind of had our own things going on. Through this time period, going into this two years I lived there, um, I started to get more, and I guess also something that's been very intriguing to me is, is like religions and beliefs about what's happening here in our reality and I guess just with our connection to the universe in general. Um, I did, I was raised Christian, which I feel like a lot of people are kind of just pushed into this. Mm-hmm. Maybe that also creates a lot of pressure as we're going up, um, getting thrown into things that we don't necessarily even understand quite yet. Mm-hmm. And so that I think when I did move into this apartment, that was my main beliefs at the moment. But Christianity was? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I think also something that has always been in the back of my mind is just questioning things in general. And so this during this time period of this two years, I, I really started to question things. Um, I questioned my own beliefs, just my own existence. That was something also when I was a child, when I say going back into the imagination thing, I can remember sitting there and literally questioning my existence as a child. Like, why do you like, think, how did am, you get I, to that? Because most it, kids it, are like, should I eat this piece of sand? <laughs> but it just, it was just there. Like it's always been there for me to, to question that. Like I, I, I can actually vividly remember having the feeling of like, am I real? Like is, I'm really here, you know? Surely something and spawned that or you know, started that process though, right? It's I mean, just, Okay, you I just... think it was just there, man. Like that was truly something that I have always been intrigued with, you know, just do you, does that come from a lack of trust in some ways, though? Like, I mean, because in some ways to, to question the fundamental things you're told mm-hmm. means I don't completely trust everything I'm being told. Mm-hmm. Were, were there trust issues with your family or anybody? Um, I don't know if it was. I wouldn't say necessarily trust issues. Um think it just comes out of it nowhere. Just it's just com- fundamental. It's just okay. there. Right. Yeah, it's fundamental for me. So um, you had to, so you go through like so, a, a Descartes sort of phase. You're like, all right, so I exist. I'm thinking. And then where do you mm-hmm. go from there? And and so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of swing this back into right, this yeah. time period of, of me being in this, um, you know, living up here in Omaha for that two years. So that I started to. 
question things then and also question my beliefs in, in kind of where I stood in, in, in reality and in nature. And so what became very noticeable to me was when I started thinking about different beliefs and religions was um, that a lot of our ancient religions, our ancient beliefs, um, ancestors, they were very into nature, the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, they connected everything to sun, the stars, the moon, our planet. Um, that kind of became more something that resonated with me a lot deeper than the whole Christianity belief. Um, where I'm getting at with this is that I just did a lot of soul searching mm-hmm. at this time period. Um, I started to find myself and it seemed to me that just being passionate about nature, the universe existence, um, our connection to this existence was something that I kind of wanted to take further. And so this kind of started to develop more and more. And then at some point towards the end of this two years of living in Omaha, I did take a trip to Hawaii. This is a very big turning point for me in my life. Um, I did go with my mother. We, it was just a week trip. Um, this was something that when I did go on this trip, um, it seemed to me like even going through the airports, you know, going, speaking to the people, getting to Hawaii, um, starting to feel that energy that surrounded the, a completely different culture I was unfamiliar with. Um, that was right where I was supposed to be. Why did you pick I, Hawaii? She actually chose oh, Hawaii. Okay. Yeah, she she wanted to go there, and I think she wanted to actually have a trip with my father, but he was just not able to go, and so she asked me if I was you know, willing to. I had never even left the continent. And so this would have been my first trip as an adult, um, maybe in general. I maybe took a little, you know, a few little vacations here and there mm-hmm. as I was growing up, but... This was, like I said, the turning point. I knew that traveling was absolutely the thing that I wanted to do. Um, There was nothing else in my life that seemed to make more sense than I wanted to explore, again, the depths of culture, um, our nature, our connection to all this. And so I remember telling her in the airport that that's what I wanted to do, like traveling was something that was very... um, very very just important to me in general to understand like culture and people and um, I've always felt like a man of many many cultures you know um, I don't think I've necessarily felt like I do you think you feel that way because you almost feel like you don't belong to one culture exactly okay yes so it's like I like you, you maybe have always felt like there's some amalgamation of different cultures that works better I mean you're already thinking yeah. like seems like you're you know, dabbling in like pantheism. And so it's like jumping from different sorts of cultures makes yeah. more sense. And I, and you know, I just wanted to explore, um, I guess, and challenge myself, you know, ex- explore my inner, inner beliefs, my inner, um, I mean, I guess just like who I am in, in relation to everyone else, you know, I, I don't think that there is necessarily one, one way to believe in things or that one, culture or thought processes any better than the other um and also like i said at this moment i told my mother that traveling is what i wanted to do and so i think i remember telling her like okay this time period i'm gonna take my first trip out of the country this is something i have to do and so i ended up um coming back from from this trip 
and I started to dabble a little bit into like what it would take to actually travel out of the country. And one country that has always been very, very appealing to me is, is Thailand. My godfather um, lived in Thailand for 20 plus years. So I actually grew up my whole life hearing from him about this country. What did he do in Thailand? So he actually grew up in Hooper with my father, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with Hooper or not. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about 15, 20 minutes outside of Fremont. Um, it's a very small town, more. I think I've driven by it, but yeah, I don't know anything yeah, about it. Yeah. Maybe more farming, things like this. And that's what he was into, my godfather. Um, so he actually ended up going to school for agriculture at UNL. And this kind of brought him to job offers in the US, but also job offers in Poland, I want to say was the first one. He actually denied this one. And then Thailand came up and he basically would design the farms for raising um, pigs oh, okay. and things like this, um, which is also very, very, very big thing in a Buddhist country. Um, pigs? I think pork is, is okay. one of the main one of the main sources of meal. Um, oh, okay, I did not know that. And so hearing about Thailand was also something for me, I guess, growing up that did also spark that imagination. Um, and just the idea that it is capable to do things outside of ourselves, like outside of the country. Um, you don't necessarily have to just live here. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started to plan this trip to Thailand, which was something I wanted to do my entire life. Um, was there a job associated with it? I mean, were you like, I'm going to go do this in Thailand? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, I guess it was the idea was there of how I could support myself and travel full time, but not quite yet because I hadn't even really got that far into things. Um, and more or less, I just I think I've always wanted to spend time with him. Um, mm. He was just a very, very important figure in my life. And so that was, I guess, the one country at the moment that was like I knew I had some insight to. I also had a connection there that I could um, kind of lean on. Mm -hmm. And so, but also at the time I, when I was growing up, I was too young, too young, too young to him, you know, to come over and spend time there or he was super busy. Um, was, I mean, culturally, did he seem that different? Like even when you were a kid? I would say so. Um, was he Christian? But now this is, this is a very interesting topic with the whole, with that because let, let me, I'll, I'll come right, back right, to this, sorry. okay? And so right. he um, he would somewhat, I guess, deny my, my like, intriguement in wanting to come there my whole life just because of being young. Okay. And then also I started going through the period of time where I was getting in a lot of trouble, and so he knew about this as well. Um, I would see him about twice a year my whole life growing up, and I would ask him almost every single year. And so when I finally got to this period where I was out of trouble and I was – kind of ready to start traveling um and i you know approached the offer to him he was kind of like okay well you know didn't take let's, seriously let, let's well actually at this point he was kind of like let's do it oh, you okay know, it, right. you know you've, you've uh, i'm of age now i've i've finished up the tra the trap you know getting in trouble um I was over it. This is you, you talk know, about that like some people talk about like yeah you finished college yeah you <laughs> finished know, trouble finished it was, probation it was, all right because it was such a main part of my life, you know, and that's mm -hmm. kind of what people started to really know me about. Um, and eventually, you know, like I said, I had, you know, given him this offer and, and he, I think he was a little weary about it at first. So I think at, at that moment I told him like, look, okay, I'm coming to Thailand. 
you can hang out with me if you want to. Otherwise, I still want to come. This is something I feel like I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've gone through all this, this time period of my life where, you know, I've been soul searching. I've never really had something I felt this passionate about. Um, I need to do this. And, and so then he actually agreed and he was able to, you know. He could see you were earnest about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, okay. he, he felt like, okay, I, I, I agree that you're ready. And so I didn't want to just go to Thailand. You know, I figured if I was going to be going out of the country, I needed to really make this something special. Um, another country that really intrigued me was Egypt, um, which I think a lot of people are pretty intrigued by Egypt. Um, so this also is going to tie back into the things where I was saying, society sometimes puts these stipulations on us that we feel like we cannot achieve like really big things sometimes so like traveling a lot of people think traveling is expensive they think that this is something that is very outside of our reach as far as to just do it for no reason you know or to just go backpack somewhere you got to have a purpose you got to be working somewhere school military um or otherwise it's going to be very unobtainable this is actually like not the case. Once I started to really look, like research into these things, it was quite easy. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need to go through a travel agent. You can really, um, it, it's very easy to get plane tickets. Um, it's very easy to get accommodation. And I guess one thing too that was very important to me is to do it very simple and very cheap. Um, you can travel in a country for a month's time on, you know, maybe two, $3,000, if that, you know. Um, I started to realize this the more and more I researched mm-hmm. into things. And so I actually decided then that I would go to Egypt first um, and then spend some time in Thailand. And so I actually just, you know, I think people still kind of doubted me that this was really gonna happen. And so this also gave me a little bit more motivation. Yeah, you're like, I'm gonna show them. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I and that's also been something, you know, I've been about is if you feel like doing something you know then do it like that's what I mean you know you don't have to be so hard on yourself and sometimes we're very hard on ourselves about wanting to achieve our goals or dreams Um, you know people won't achieve things because either they just psych themselves out and won't do it or they're not ready to take the long distance it takes to get to that point you know Um, I was really willing to do this and so I started to like I said plan this trip and I paid for the plane ticket and I set the set the date. Um, I actually then ended up um, letting my godfather know this and something that was really crazy and I guess not necessarily to make this like a pity story or anything but I had spent my whole life wanting to go and visit my godfather and spend this time with him. And so this would have been December 2016 when I would have actually told him, like, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. I told him all the plans. And so he was agreed, said this was cool. You know, let me know the exact date. I chose February 5th, um, 2017. So this would have been about a couple months after this time I'm telling him this. And then so I'm getting closer and closer to this time. And I had talked to him on the phone around Christmas time. Um, and come January first week in January I'm actually up here in Omaha still I'm about a month away from leaving and I'm actually sitting outside of work like ready to go in it's like 6 a.m. and my sister calls me and says that they have actually found my godfather in his apartment and he has passed away 
Um, this is crazy to me because this is a month away from me going to actually see him and spend mm -hmm. this time with him. I spent my entire life wanting to do this. My entire life, like 20 some years, you know. And it, it is just so bizarre to me that this happens a month before I'm actually about to go there. Bizarre to you in the sense that you're thinking in terms of some kind of cosmic like, relation like to it? Like how does or? that happen, you know? Like yeah. I spend 20 years wanting to do this and then a month away from doing it, the closest I've ever been. And, you know, he's only 55 years old. Like that, it's just, there is something there to me that is just, it's strange, you know, that that happens in this. Did that push and, you in some way? And of? absolutely, okay. you know, um, this was something when it happened and everyone knew that that's basically my main reason for wanting to go on, on this trip, you know, is, is to go see him. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone, including myself, was like, I'm you have to go, you know, you, you still have to go. I have to do this. And so, um, February 5th came and I, and I went to Egypt first and I spent, you know, two weeks in Egypt. Um, then I spent two weeks in Thailand. I was able to still go and, and, you know, see his family, um, or at least the people he was close enough with, um, friends. Um, it, it was, you know, it's, it's very, it's very interesting to actually, I guess, go there and, and, and see the people that he knew. And, and this was also something, you know, like I said, that was very insp inspiring to me growing up was just hearing these types of things from him about, mm -hmm. about this country. So, like, I, I still had to go and see what it was that he loved so much. Um, but, you know, going back and, and like I said, I don't want that necessarily to be the main focus of this. But, you know, my main point is, is just getting out and, and doing these things that you want to do. Um, going to another country is the most enlightening thing you could possibly do, to say the least, you know. Um, I don't know if you guys have traveled out of the country at all. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very moving to see a culture that's day and night difference, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I'm curious. Though, like, so you're at this point where you're looking for something. Mm-hmm. And you, so you go to Egypt first, and, and then, you're in the middle of grieving, and you're mm -hmm. still kind of searching for now this sort of unobtainable relationship. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so you're in Egypt, and what what's the change that happens there? You or know, what do you what do you soak in? I guess what it, it's it's very much like that. So like, it, it's this has definitely become now like a spiritual journey for me. Mm -hmm. um, something I guess to go back just a little bit further, and I'll bring this back to you know this question is that. Something I also got very much into when I was doing the soul searching when I was living in Omaha is is basically the power of manifestation. I don't know if this is something you're familiar with or you've heard about. Um, being Imagine. able to kind of set an intention with a goal or dream. Maybe this ties back to me having a very strong imagination, but I strongly believe that as individuals, as humans, that we're capable of doing a lot more than what's led on. Um, what does that mean? Like capable so, in what way? Yeah. So I believe that we do have the power inside of us to um, basically manifest our own reality. You know, if, if you can set your mind to a goal or dream or belief, whatever it is, um, you absolutely have the power to bring that into reality. And I'm talking just like imagination, intention, manifestation. It works just like that. The hardest thing there has got to be, though to know what you even want to manifest. Exactly. Of course, you have to. And the thing is, too, is, is you know, understanding that, like I said, first first and foremost is understanding that, like, how special we really are. 
So, you know, a lot of people, and I don't mean to like take this in different directions, but a lot of people do believe that we're insignificant to this entire existence, like that we're just, we're just humans here. We're just a species here that's kind of just came out of nowhere or somewhat of a fluke or, you know, we are just here and, and, and there's no real reason to it, you know. So then this puts a damper on, on what you're capable of doing, you know, as far as with your mind, with, with your intelligence, with your energy. Um, I, I do mean, cosmically maybe, right? Exactly. But like it, it depends on if you're looking in terms of like, do I matter to the grand scheme of all history or do I matter to myself, right? Mm. And I guess the choice is yours, you know, I guess how you view that. Like either you can think like, you know, we're so small and, and we're completely insignificant to the entire universe. We're just here on this this planet and there's not much more to it or is the entire universe the way it is because we are here you know um it this this is a very 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 important thing to think about and so if you realize that you are the entire universe you know you have the power of the entire universe to create whatever it is you want to create um you bring all things into existence you as an individual you as a human you literally bring this entire existence into reality your eyes manifest light out of the universe. If you had no eyes, there would be nothing. You wouldn't be able to see anything. That would not be a thing. Your ears evoke noise out of the universe. If you had no ears, there would be no noise. That would not be a thing. So really, everything that you are experiencing right now is here because you are here. So I mean, um, were, were you, and so this, the, you start to develop this philosophy. Is that, is that something that was starting on that trip then? This is something that happened, like I said, when I was doing this um, soul searching during mm -hmm. this period of time when I lived in Omaha. Okay. Which also kind of led me into, like I said, being able to more have that confidence that I'm capable of creating my reality around me. You know, I can go after these goals and dreams. I can, you know, create these things. Um, Did you know what and goals and dreams you had to to go create? At that moment, it became traveling. But like yeah. even, I mean, you run into this problem though because it's stuff like you want to go have this relationship with your godfather, right? Mm -hmm. You can't manifest that in the way you thought you could, right? Yeah, I mean, you but can... necessarily, I guess that's more, I think that would just be more of a personal, um, you know, that me wanting to be with my godfather was just something that was always there my whole life. I mean, that, that was just, that was always a thing. But what I'm saying is now with the manifestation thing is, coming back again that like you know going after your goals and dreams and realizing that like things are absolutely capable of happening for you um so they have we, to be more broad sort of goals as opposed to like i want to have this jacket or something right? i mean that could be it too you know it, it can be really anything um it doesn't have to be something beyond yourself that's like you know completely extravagant like it can be little things it can be big things what is it that you want to put your mind to is my is my purpose here you know like that is the point is that you know, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, don't mm -hmm. don't think that, you know, you're incapable of doing anything, whether it's small or big. Um, do you think people are ever satisfied when they achieve a goal, though? Or do we, are we just wired see, to always find new goals? See, now, that, that's something that's also important with this is that are you actually living in this moment or is it is your mind always in the future with things? Right. Um, that could be. Yeah, that's 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 very much of I think a part of this whole thing. Um, you know, we seem to be always looking for the next thing. You know, we're always moving forward in anticipation of the future. But like, how can you create that future if you're not here in this moment? You're not focusing on this time right here. 
Like what's going to create that future is right now. What you're doing yeah. right now is what's going to create the future. So yeah, pe- a lot of people are always looking forward, looking forward, looking forward. So they're never actually here now. But sometimes you, know? you get bored of here um, though too, don't you? You're like, I'm um, achieving my goal, but also I'm like, I'm kind of tired of this goal now. Yeah, you know? I guess this is the dumb goal. I, I I guess so, but my my view of things is also, and I guess maybe this will tie back to where I started going into you know spirituality and my beliefs and stuff is that, like, you know, why is it too though that, and this isn't tying necessarily into the goals or dreams thing, but to go into the spiritual side of things, why is it that we always think that we need to have something that comes next after this, after life, you know, like that's also a very big thing in people's, in general, in people's lives. They're always trying to think about like what's coming next, you know, what is, there's got to be something after this. And, you know, what is wrong with thinking that maybe this is the experience? What we're having right now in this moment, this is a beautiful experience that we're having. Um, The fact that you're conscious of all this in general, of the universe, that is a beautiful thing. Um, This could be it. And so I guess with that thought in mind, like, what are you going to do in this moment to to really, you know, make that what it is like? And I guess you don't necessarily have to do anything if you don't want to, you know, being alive and existing and just being here is special to me. It's special anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not everyone will believe that, but there is no problem with realizing that maybe there is not necessarily like an afterlife of some sort. also, you know, like um, a very big inspiration for me is Alan Watts. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Alan Watts, but he's a philosopher of, I guess, culture and spirituality of, re- you know, religions. And he kind of ties all these together and makes, you know, gives you kind of what is not necessarily trying to make you believe anything one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But one thing that he will explain is, is that, you know, um, death is the necessary counterpart to life. Um, this is the, you know, death is not something necessarily to look at as something that's horrible and sad and, you know, something that is going to just bring us completely down in that moment. I understand that we miss people when they do go, but, um, this doesn't necessarily have to be a sad thing, but this also goes into me saying like my godfather passes, but I'm not necessarily looking at that. Like it's, you know the end of all this, of, of his, you know, of his being. But really, we have to look at this as like, we all understand that when somebody dies, somebody else is born. The, the darkness of death or the blankness of death is the necessary counterpart for life to be able to happen. Um, this is like when you're looking into the sky, the darkness surrounding a star is the necessary counterpart for the star to be there in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's like music. You can't hear the the music or the sound without the blank spaces in between you know um and so so, was that a place you had to get to to sort of deal with your godfather's death then um in some way i wouldn't say so i think this thought process actually kind of came more afterwards so i've actually um i have actually gone on multiple trips since then um you know, I have gone, like I said, Egypt and Thailand, then came back for some time and and then eventually came came back for this time and maybe I was here for a month or two and I wanted to go on another trip because mm-hmm. like I said, it's it's the most fascinating thing to do for us is, is to leave your home country. 
Um, I spent some time in Costa Rica, Panama, Mexico, and Colombia. Um, this was two and a half months. Came back from this trip, and eventually I wanted to, um, I wasn't quite ready to be done traveling, and so I wanted to set another trip. Mm-hmm. I, um, I talked to my family, and they've always been pr- extremely supportive of these these travels. Um, As you're doing that, I mean, are you reading a lot of philosophy? or? Mm-hmm. So that's when, like, like I said, from this first trip, it was like, that whole you know getting into the spiritual side of life like pretty deeply and just kind of exploring the depths of that um really started to make things very magical for me um i started to realize like the power of positivity as well and just um just really focusing on you know things don't have to be so bad like you can take a complete lighthearted approach to life um i don't think we should ever take things in general seriously i don't think life should be serious at all um, you can take it sincerely and genuinely, which is quite different. Um, what is, okay, let's let's dissect that. Yeah. What's the difference between sincerity and seriousness? So, okay, I would say that you know, taking things very seriously, you are. Can I can I relate this to um, an Alan Watts? Yeah, yeah. However you want to do it. Viewpoint on things, and maybe this is also. This is also taking from Hindu mythology. Sure. That life in general is called Maya. Maya means play, illusion, um, art. It's kind of like Camus' Theater of the Absurd, too, right? Exactly. Okay. So yeah. now we can take this now into life. And so the Hindus believe that basically all life is a stage. It's a play. It's the universe is um, the universe is playing. Everything in, in reality is playing. Whether that's you as a human, whether that's the trees outside, whether that's a galaxy forming, um, a star exploding, these are all different plays of the same energy. And so, you know, but nevertheless, they are the same energy. So now, if you're to watch a movie, watch a play, watch somebody acting, you are going to sit there and you're going to take it in, you're going to feel the emotions of what's happening in front of you. But you're not going to leave there and you know, taking it completely seriously to where you're going to go on with the rest of your life and, and be completely like swayed by this and think this play that you just watched. And now that's, that's, that's what you're taking on. Like, it's just a play. Like, so you, you, know, you understand just, there's that artificial element to it. Exactly. Okay, you yeah. know, and, and I'm not necessarily saying that things aren't sincere though, and that things aren't genuine. It's just that don't take it so seriously. You know, you can be a lot hearted about these things. Um, don't get too attached. Don't lean in on life. Um, you know. When you say serious, I mean, do you take that with sort of like a negative or cynical connotation? Mm. No? Okay. I think that serious, the word serious sometimes has negative connotations. But maybe that's also why I'm leaning towards not taking things seriously. Because once you take things very seriously, you might acquire those negative connotations about it. Or positive, I guess, if you want to, depending on the situation. But I guess my point is, is just don't let this consume you. The, the events that are happening in life and, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to, what's happening to you is not you. Like, you don't have to let that be you. Um, if an event happens in life is n- not necessarily the event, it's it's kind of how you're reacting to the event. So, like, don't be defined by your exactly. traumas exactly. or whatever. Okay. You know, and, right. and don't, don't be defined by, I mean... 
so people might say, okay, well, a positive thing happens to me, so like I can't be defined by that. But that's not necessarily what I'm saying either. Like just when things are happening, and I guess I am more swaying this towards, you know, negative events because people tend to take those a lot more to heart. Mm -hmm. um, that like, yeah, you know, um, that doesn't have to define you, or you know, you don't have to. It's 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 really how everything that's happening to you in your life is. You know how are you reacting to those things um, well, that's that's where your power is so there's a there's an idea in buddhism where it's like anything in your reality is based on your perception of mm -hmm. that reality basically exactly so it's kind of that idea of like whatever you make of it is what it is to you but you don't have to make of it whatever you know what somebody else makes of yes, it. yes yes you know um yes exactly and and so you know i like i said i think it is good to take things a little sincerely and just like understand that like you know these events are happening they're real maybe you know but it, it could just be this play of energy so like have fun with it you know whatever's happening to you have fun with it do you think that's a, is it a choice to have fun with it i mean can you really if you choose to have fun like if i choose to have fun that doesn't necessarily mean i'm gonna have a good day you know mm -hmm. i'll still be mad about dumb things that happen you know like there was yeah. a rock in my shoe this morning, and it's that was annoying to me. Even if I'm trying sure. to have a good day, and, and and that's the thing is though is that we are humans. So I'm not saying we don't have emotions. We're not going to have waves of emotions. We're not going to have a bad day every once in a while. But like, don't take that and create like an entire existence around these bad days and stuff, which tends to happen to a lot of people. You know, they get very caught up in all the bad things that are happening to them. Um, yeah, and you know this can really put a lot of pressure on someone you know why live like that you know there's like i said again to go back is that it's very beautiful thing that we're here in general um for me like i i truly i truly love being here i love life in general um i love every single human being that i'm meeting and, and i'm genuine about that like i really am listening to what you're telling me i'm, I'm really engaging in, in what we're experiencing together um I think that is the greatest thing that we are here right now, that we have consciousness to experience this. Um, it, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, like, do you realize that, that you are the universe here right now in this body? Um, you, you are, you, you, you can are, see that in a cynical way too, though. It's you like, know, you are, this, this is the universe. You are, <laughs> you are actually, you know, if, if you really want to get like pretty scientific about it, or if that's the way you want to go with things is that you are actually, made out of of stars you know you're made out of elements that came from space like mm. so in a roundabout way you are literally quite literally the universe do you ever read walt whitman um i have not I, he's, he's big into that idea yeah it, or a uh, throw you big throw guy hmm. oh okay i, don't, I feel like you might like familiar. both of them okay <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look into it a bit but i mean I, I get what you're saying it's like so that's a fundamental way for you to sort of change things and set your own path is that something like do you try to do something with that philosophy like do you write it down to try to sort of give it to other people and teach it or whatever you want that's to do? why i'm here yeah okay <laughs> that's that's really why i'm here is that i want to you know kind of try and spread this perception of of everything that you know i'm talking about right now that you know you can be lighthearted about life you can manifest your goals and dreams you can go out there and do whatever it is that you want to do um and realize that you are absolutely um, significant to the entire idea of existing in general. Um, Have you thought about writing your own philosophy book or manifesto of some sort? I, um, you know, 
I, I, I don't know if I'm the best writer. I guess people don't really <laughs> write books anymore, do they? You should do a YouTube channel of yeah. your philosophy. Um, I, I've thought about it, and I, I what I really want to do is actually speak to people in general, like in, in person. I want to have conversations like this. I want to um, talk in front of more mass crowds. Um, maybe I have to do a little more. This is the first time I've ever actually talked to anyone outside of my friends or family um, about these types of things. Um, it's, it's absolutely my passion to speak, you know, mm. and maybe I'm a little, you know, a little not like, you know, maybe a little all over the place today with this type of stuff. But like I said, this is my first time yeah, actually, no, actually speaking. I understand and, what you're saying. I get um, it. You know, it, it, it's something that I just, I want people to understand that life can be good, you know, and, and you know, relating this back, like I have gone through some very troubled times and some, you know, feeling very out of place in life, which I think a lot of people have growing up. Um, but that doesn't have to determine who you are later in life. Um, right. You know, use this stuff as motivation, like, and, and just realize that you're absolutely capable of doing whatever it is that, you know, you, you want to do. It's very easy. It's actually very simple. Um, you know, like I said, sometimes the only two reasons why people don't achieve those things is either, you know, they, they psych themselves out from the very beginning or they're just not really prepared to take the long distance it takes to accomplish something. Um, it's hard to really embrace optimism in any yeah. true sense. And I don't know if I, you know, like the whole like life is good is a really profound, difficult message. for It's simple, mm -hmm. but that doesn't make it easy for people to embrace. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting and i'm not quite sure why that is you know um i think people I, I, don't they don't feel like they deserve to be happy for the most mm -hmm. part and, and let me talk to you about something about happiness you know so i think that is maybe the main reason like you said why people um maybe don't feel that way about life is because they have the wrong idea about what, what true happiness is you know um, a lot of people are reaching outside themselves for happiness or they're reaching outside themselves for enlightenment or spirituality and stuff like this. Um, true happiness is literally something that's only created from within. Like that's true happiness. And I, when I was going through those troubled times, I had a counselor who actually spoke to me about this. I used to think that, um, you know, I had a problem with drugs. I had, you know, an addiction problem. I had this and that, that, but I came to a point where I realized like, maybe I'm just using these things as an excuse to like, you know, push down my own issues. And so we kind of discovered that it was more underlying issues like emotions. I, I couldn't deal with my own emotions. I didn't understand my own emotions in mm -hmm. general. And so we actually started to break them down individually. And when we came to happiness, she, you know, this might have been one of the most profound things that, you know, kind of pushed me past that time period. But she had said, you know, break down happiness, list five things that make you happy. And so I think I said things like, you know, spending time with my friends, you know, being with my family getting compliments from people, um, having gifts from people, all these types of things, which, yeah, that makes makes you pretty happy, right? You know, and she ended up telling me like, okay, that's great, but they're all wrong. And I'm like, I felt like a sense of like being offended, you know, like, how, how can you tell me that these things are wrong? Those make me happy. She's like, okay, yeah, but what you're not realizing is, is you listed five things that you're depending on somebody else to do to make you happy or somebody else to give you something to make you happy. And so she said, now list five things that you can do for yourself that make you happy. That's true happiness. What'd you come up with? Um, you know, giving myself positive affirmations, you know, taking myself out and rewarding myself, giving myself a gift, um, you know, 
etc like things like that you know just really things that i can do on my own which you can take basically those same things and and but just do it for yourself instead of depending on somebody else to do it for you. Right. And I think it's hard for people to, to accept themselves mm. as they are to then look for happiness within themselves. As, yeah. I feel like a lot of people get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, why that is is because, and I don't know if anyone's listening that will understand this or maybe I've heard this before, but also something Alan Watts will say or actually pretty recent years, Jim Carrey has actually started talking about things like this, that the reason why that is is because people – are very into trying to hold up this this ego you know this this um image of themselves you know they have to hold this image up in the world and they're not realizing that that image isn't necessarily you like that doesn't have to be you so like you've been given a name you've been given a belief you've been given all these things that you grow up carrying through life and there might not necessarily even be you and so you're trying to live up to the expectations of this image, you know, and then, and then it becomes very deep later in life that like, it's hard to give that up. Like, that's me. Like, how, how can somebody tell me that's not me? Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I've always known. But the thing is, is like, that's where you have to start really, um, you know, I know it's gonna be probably easier said than done, but let that go, you know, let go of the idea that you have to be something outside of yourself or that you have to hold up this image, this ego, you know, the ego is it's so hard to understand. And, and it's very funny because Alan Watts will actually say that the biggest ego trip going is trying to get rid of your ego. And it's true because, you know, it's something that's just in our mind. It's, it's, it's who you're talking to constantly in your, in your head, you know. That's basically the ego. And so how can you get rid of that? But this is also where the art of meditation comes in. You know, um, people think meditating is meditating on something you have to have some sort of idea or subject that you're meditating on you're trying to focus on meditating is actually just not thinking so we that's also one thing we need to stop thinking so much stop mumble jumble in your head constant conversation just be still just Mm -hmm. relax um this kind of is going to tie back to (laughs) well we'll be back after this sponsor break just kidding (laughs) um you know, like, I don't know. It, it's just relax. Like I said, it, it's, that's another thing that, and that I get what you're saying, but it's also like, you have to teach people how to do these things. Mm-hmm. Like nobody knows how to not think really. Right. Meditating. But no, I, mean, I understand <laughs> but, like you can learn that. Yeah. But yeah. that's not an intuitive way to go about your day. Is it? Yeah. I would say so. It is because you, so, to you know, not, you to start, meditate? start, start, you know, start your day in the morning and, and sit there for maybe 10 minutes at a time, 15 minutes, and then just clear your mind, you know? Yeah. It's very hard to like stop talking to yourself in your head, but it's absolutely capable of doing. It takes practice, you know? Right. That's what, yeah, I guess that's what, that's all I'm saying is yeah. like, it's like when most people wake up, I think all they are thinking about is like, Oh God, I got to go do that thing today, this mm-hmm. thing. And then anxiety and, starts know, to come in. And that also goes back to like feeling like we need to like, keep doing things to like, you know, we feel people feel like they got to rush through life, slow down, you know, um, it's, it's actually very easy. It's very simple. And, and, you know, really just slow down and stop rushing. Like the universe is not in a rush. You are, you know, you feel like you have to, you know, do all these things that society wants you to do. Um, but it, it can be very easy to just, just stop, you know, for a moment and, and really like, you know, Zen is also something that has kind of, I think, maybe acquired 
the wrong connotations. And, you know, Zen is not like Zen or again, enlightenment. This is not something you're going to search for outside of yourself. A lot of people do go search for the outside of themselves. They go see a guru or they go see a priest or they go see some sort of spiritual teacher. Um, and really in a roundabout way, this teacher is going to eventually get you to the point of realizing that like you didn't need to do any of this. Like you, you were already it. Um, I think that these types of things are, this will sound kind of funny, but I do think it's kind of like a circle. So like you start at a point, you go out and out and out outside of yourself. You're searching, you're searching, you're searching. Eventually get to the point where you realize that you're right back where you started um, and that you are it. But you, you need to you, improve yourself to the point where you can see that. And, and, right? and, and maybe that, I guess, is the point of, I guess, going and trying to find this teacher or something. Maybe some people have to go about it that way um, in order to find it. Um, I think for me, it just happened to be that I just spent a lot of time by myself and I just constantly, constantly sat there and sat there and started to realize, like, I am special. Like, and it was very easy for me to realize that I just loved life. Like, love is the most important thing that we can cling on to, you know. Maybe cling isn't the right word, but um, yeah, because then maybe that goes into like dependence and desire I know and stuff. You mean but that. to rely on, but you know, maybe. love is love is the most powerful force in the universe. And you know, if you can just realize that, like, just hold on to love, you know, and and spread that, and you know, embody it, and what is things it, can be good. Like, what does a society look like that embraces your message? How do things change? You know, well. It's it's pretty interesting question because there's also a side of me that I believe there is a great balance in life. Um, I think that this is the entire structure of the universe that, yeah, there's love, but in a sense you have to have hate because how do we even understand love without the idea of hate? The, the we one, have that one guy you know, who's like, yeah, that guy hates everybody. Right, like, he sucks. Otherwise, one, we're good. one thing would not be there without the other. It it's also goes back to my whole thing of um, death without life. Like mm -hmm. You cannot have life without death there. That there would not be neither of them would exist. You cannot have the light without the darkness. You cannot have, you know, right. yang and yin. You know, this is the whole entire makeup of the universe. So there is a great balance to this whole thing. Um, so does that mean that you're not really concerned on a on a big societal level no. so much as people, each person individually, bettering yeah, I mean, themselves? I don't think that everyone's going to get on with this, and I don't think everyone should get on with it. Um, but you'd like a lot of people. Yeah, I would absolutely sure. love yeah, people I mean, to get this. But I mean, to be real, like. Yeah, not everyone's going to be totally for this type of thing. Um, but maybe that, like I said, is just the great balance of life. Have um, you found that you've convinced anybody you know to sort of move in this direction? I would say so. Yeah. Um, is our audience here among the, the group? Yeah, I would say I would say they're maybe getting there. They're, they're, they're made on with it a bit, but like I said, maybe not everyone definitely agrees with me, but that's okay. Like, I'm not trying to convince or make anyone believe anything. But I mean, this is this, something I admire about Alan Watts is that he will actually tell you that. Like, he, he's speaking about things and you're listening to him speak and you're like, holy shit, this guy is, he, he gets it. He, he understands exactly what's happening here. But he will tell you, like, look, I, I'm not trying to convince you or make you believe anything. Um, I'm just telling you what I like and what makes me feel basically good about life. Right. And if you're on with it, you're on with it. If you're not on with it, that's okay. Like, do, right. do what makes you feel good. But you, you also, you want to get your message out. For sure. And so you have to find some way to package that, which is always probably going to sound to some degree like you're, it's it's a method for people if they want to go along with what you're saying. Uh -huh. Here's like the steps to get there. Yeah. Right? And like, I'll, basically like, I will just tell people how I view things and, and how I feel about my perspective about life. 
and if you love it, you love it. If, you, if you're not on with it, you don't have to be on with it. It's okay. It's not going to like, it's not going to, I don't take it that seriously. Again, like it's going to make me feel like I'm not myself anymore or something, or like I'm not achieving something. I'm not necessarily trying to achieve anything. I'm just trying to be passionate. Right. And you know, if at the end of the day, if I'm just getting out what I'm passionate about or I'm living what I'm passionate about, that that I'm, I'm happy. Because that's coming from within me. Again, that's true happiness for me. Do you have a Twitter account? I don't. Oh, that's why you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually only have Instagram. I'm, I'm not too on with, I guess, too many social media platforms. But um, I think it's more personal if I'm in front of you talking. Right. Yeah, you know? I get and, that. And, and maybe people would like the convenience of seeing or hearing things from, you know, I don't know. A video on YouTube or maybe this podcast or something but really I would love to actually try and speak to people in person right um, well, I mean one of the reasons why I like to do a podcast that is just long-form conversation is because it is sort of like you get to have a conversation by proxy in some ways you know it's mm-hmm. like somebody would get the experience of what it's like to talk to you they may not react the same way I would but it's they still get like this is the closest they'll get without actually talking to you probably to yeah. what it's like to be in the room with you yeah and, and you know I guess I don't know, man. I just, I, I am, I just, I, I just love life, man. And, and like I said, like, I, I, if, if I can do the things I'm passionate about in life, that, that's really all that matters for me. And, um, I'm okay with that at the end of the day, you know, I don't need anything special to make me feel good. You know, I don't need to have like all the, this list of, of, you know, certificates and degrees and um you know reassurance that i've done something in life i don't think that's a necessity um it's okay to just just be here just be here right now like that's that's all that matters really like um i think you know i i think i kind of skipped over because we kind of got off topic a little bit when i was about to talk about zen for a moment like from what i understand zen is really more like just watching you know watching a flower bloom or watching, you know, the stream flow and like, you would not look at that flower blooming or the stream flowing and say it's, this flower is doing it the wrong way, you know, or that tree is misshapen or the the, the river is flowing in the wrong direction. Like, it's just doing what it does. You know, the star is exploding beautifully. We don't look at it like it's complete, you know, utter, I guess it's chaos, but maybe it's a beautiful chaos. And why can't we look at ourselves like that is also my point. Like we are a part of this entire nature of existence in the universe you're literally that like you're that that what i was just talking about but we're very hard on ourselves and we look at our imperfections and we look at all these things about ourselves and you know and think it's wrong or like we got to be better or we got to achieve something or change ourselves in some way like look you're you're growing beautifully like you're coming on just right you're you're doing what you do and, and that's you're you're perfect the way you are like even if it is beautiful chaos, but again, that's the great balance of life. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to have, you know, this, you're fall- we're all falling apart. Like, look, none of us really understand what's going on here. We have all these, you know, ideas and even the things I'm talking about might be ideas and maybe like just scratching the surface with things, maybe not even coming close to scratching the surface, but nevertheless, like, it's okay to just be you, like, just be yourself. It's, Right. That's all that matters. It's perfectly okay to just exist. Do you have a name for the type of uh, philosophy you have? Like, is there a school of it that you're calling it or identifying it as? The middle way. The middle way. 
Does that come from you? Did you name no. it? No. Okay. The middle way is actually another word for, um, it, I want to say it's somewhat of another word for Buddhism. So the middle way is actually, you know, most of the time in life we're approached with two options. You know, you, you get met with some sort of maybe confrontation or maybe some sort of uh, obstacle in life. You have two options. You can go this way or this way. Well, the Buddhist chooses the middle way. Why do you have to choose one or the other? You can just be still. You can be here. You cannot take sides. You know, you can, it's just here, right where you're at. That's, that's okay. Um, you don't necessarily have to, like I said, do anything outside of yourself. You're already it. There's nothing to achieve or there's nothing to discover. Um, you are you and that is all that matters um well yeah do we cover the i mean the the gist of what you wanted to cover here i mean i mean I, yeah i would say so okay. like i was on i was unsure of what to expect and so you know coming into this like i said this is my first time doing anything like this so maybe at first it was a little rocky and trying to get to the point but i would say that i definitely for the most part got a you know, I could probably could elaborate on some things a lot more and things could definitely come up a little bit. Is there, well, I mean, okay, if, if people listening to this want to have a fuller picture, where should yeah. they, I mean, how can they find you? How can they have conversations with you? How can they hear what you have to say? It's a very good point. I guess if they want to hear more, they can contact you guys. Um, if they want me on the pack, podcast again to sure, speak yeah, further, that. elaborate, or if maybe they have, maybe they heard a certain certain topic that I started to touch on and they want me to elaborate further on that, I would absolutely love to. Um, they can find me on Instagram. At, Do you post a lot of philosophy on Instagram? Um, I would say I post a lot more of my travel stuff, and then every once in a while I'll throw some different, um, yeah, a little bit different stuff in there. But right. I, I'm not What's the your, uh, biggest Instagram? writer. So it is The Middle Way. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, right. that one, I didn't set that it, one up. That just it'll happened. be, of course, T-H-E period, middle period, way period. Um, what do you call the underscore, underscore. <laughs> all right well thank you for being on the show and giving us a sense of your thank you so much and I, and I truly appreciate it and i definitely appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity to at least have an intro into all this kind of stuff absolutely um, i hope that maybe people will get on with it and and like i said if they don't that's totally okay with me i'm gonna keep keep doing this keep doing what i do I think you made that clear. no one's gonna think like oh god i gotta i gotta believe this now <laughs> yeah no you know i just I'm going to keep being passionate and, you know, and I guess I hope everyone else can be passionate about what, you know, their lives in general. So that's a good note to end on. Yeah, thanks again. Thank you again. Riverside Chats is hosted by me, Tom Noblock. I produce the show along with Ben Matugowitz through our company, Exorbin Creative. We are housed in Studio 62 in BFF, which is in Benson, Nebraska. If you support the show, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash Exarban Creative. Throw us a couple dollars a month, whatever you think the show is worth. All our backlog is up for free, but if you become a Patreon patron, you get some perks, depending on the amount that you are giving, including some exclusive audio. So please consider that. Please subscribe on whatever your favorite podcast app is. We appreciate it if you leave us a review. That does help new people find the show. So do whatever you need to do to get this show out there. Just appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that you listened this far. That's all I need to be happy. So... Uh, that was not a dig, by the way, Justin. I'm, you know, that was unrelated, probably a poorly timed one. All I need to be happy is a little bit more, in fact. But for right now, like in this one moment, 
I'm happy if you listened this far. And I'd be even happier if you gave us some money. Oh, now, now it's really opposite of what Justin was saying. But please check out Justin. Uh, you can look at his Instagram. He talked about that. Look for him around town. He's around. He wants to talk to you. Do you want to talk to him? Do you want to do the dig? You want to dig deep with Justin and you want to, you know, really figure out what it's going to take for you to be happy to find your middle way? You can probably find him. And if not, go to his Instagram in the meantime. You might you might be able to help narrow down where he is to go talk to him in that case. I don't know. Interesting guy, interesting talk. That was Justin Schacht, philosopher. I would not be surprised at all if he starts up some blog or something in the meantime. So be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another great person from Omaha doing great things.